What's up, Redhead Racing Radio fans? Andrew Curlin here with Jason Schultz. That's me. Recapping all things from a national treasure, Homestead Miami Speedway. I will say, before we jump right into, into the cup race, the Xfinity race was freaking awesome. Like, that was from start to finish. I, I, I could not turn the TV off. It's crazy how that happens every time the Xfinity Series races at Homestead Miami. It's a good race. It's a wild concept it may have to do with they have a good air package and track being really fun to race at composite body yeah all yeah. Of that and you would think maybe the cup series would run a similar product and nascar would try to actually like improve the homestead product except having instead of having the same exact race for three years in a row and it's sucking every single year like that would be nice this year was better than the last two years but at the same time wasn't anything great so bottom line learn from the xfinity series please all right where can we follow you on twitter jason I have this is a quick uh, well, one. This I have I have something to say <laughs> really important about the cup race. Yeah, what do you got? What was the name of the cup race? Do you know the sponsor? Is it Dixie Vodka Four Hundred? Okay, actually, that's something funny. I was doing a um, I was doing a radio. Um, I called in or. or I was asked to call into a Philadelphia radio show, the same one where I predicted Michael McDowell winning the Daytona 500. Debatable. The, the, the week of. I literally, I sent you the tweet. It was from Friday before Fake the 500. Fake news. I go on. Okay, What's your then point? you What's find your a point? way to fabricate a freaking tweet and, and, oh, I know and come how, back I know to me, how, right? I know how to, but go on. Oh, so you're used to it, huh? What's All right, your everyone, point? breaking news What's here. Your Jason fabricates his tweets. Get on with the show. What's your point? All right. <laughs> um... Oh yeah, I called into the show. He's like, "Yeah, Dixie Vodka is the sponsor of NASCAR. You know, they've been ever tried before." For X amount. Yeah, he literally asked me that. He's like, "You ever have Dixie Vodka before?" I'm like, "Well, I'm 19," and that like completely threw him off. He was not expecting that. Wow. So, um, yeah. I have a great idea. You want to hear it? What? When the winner of the race goes to victory lane, there should Take be a, a bar set up, and they have to do as many shots of Dixie Vodka as their car God. number. Oh geez, Brilliant. Daniel Suarez ain't gonna make it through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's what you get. It's the spoils of victory. I think that's a saying. Yeah, where I just good fixed Lord. it. I Man. think it's smart. <laughs> William Byron would definitely enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, He'd and then they got to do great. all the media yeah. availabilities after. That would and make then... it so much more entertaining. Hey, why why limit it to just being a title sponsor of the race? Let's just do this every weekend. Yeah, we should have alcohol sponsored for every race. <laughs> alcohol sponsors yeah. my watching of the Xfinity Series race on a weekly basis now, which is a lot of fun. And so I believe drivers should get the same experience, especially after they win the race. Hey, do you know what's for, for dinner? Um, more Beef. B- it's what's right, for dinner. You're two weeks late on that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, uh, okay, the first time, first thing I saw when I walked into the nascar media center in daytona a cow davy will like this davy siegel he goes hey what's for dinner a cow and throughout the night he kept saying beef it's what's for dinner or the next night i don't remember what it was but he kept saying potatoes it's what's for dinner so i had to go that way all right i'm bored with this story now i just want drivers <laughs> to do shots of vodka that's all i want yeah all yeah. right or just drink the bottle or whatever they prefer like do what cheese do what whatever you do you yeah yeah that's what i was trying to say because we're jumping back and forth between every different race this weekend let's go back to the Xfinity series race we won't we don't have to break down what happened between noah gregson and a stupid lap car oh wait did i say that out loud or it wasn't a lap car it was a car being lapped but you're in the way get out of the way the leader's coming 
Noah yeah. is such a polarizing figure, which is so good for the sport. People either were like, hell yeah, Noah. I mean, not hell yeah, but like that car was stupid. Like you, like you're the leader. Show him some respect. And some other people are like, oh, that's what he deserves for I don't know what. But you gotta, for as a driver, you gotta have people love or hate you. You've gotta embrace that. You can't just be Man, down the middle. Is, like so many drivers are yeah. down the middle, but Noah loves to stir the pot, loves to kind of like make a name for himself and it leads people to either way like you either like how he races or in his personality or you don't and that's perfectly fine people on twitter feel like they them tweeting at him is gonna like make a difference and like they're, he's gonna get like upset about that fires like, him up yeah like yeah. you're fueling his fire instead of trying to like yeah. damper him so he is well, such a good even personality just like even just dropping some swears in the post you know yeah. medical center which is not the best like, it's not encouraged but i know it's i know now. not the best thing but that is him that is 100 no gregson right there and you know what i like about him the most is like the day afters or whatever after a rough day he's posting all these like i'm gonna be back i'm gonna be back stronger yeah. than ever it's like i can channel and see myself in him when it comes to that is like I feel like whenever there's a personal setback or something in my life it's like man I'm gonna come back and attack this thing and I think that's just so cool that that he has that approach when it comes to some of these setbacks and I mean man he's gonna he's gonna get to victory lane this year there's there's gonna be no doubt about that and and, uh it'll be cool to see what that fire is like once he can capture that checkered flag after uh a rough start to the season where he should have had some good runs, but yeah. you know, fake gets in the way. He goes for it, and that's what I like best. So we need drivers to go for it. We need drivers to be more like Noah Gregson. That's my point. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know who used to drive the number nine in 2018 in the Xfinity Series? In 2018. Mm-hmm. Tyler Reddick, wasn't it? William oh, Byron. Oh, shoot, 2017. I messed that up. That was a bad. Yeah. All right, let's start over. Three, two, one. But you're actually keeping that in, Tyler, because it's funny. All right, do you know who... <laughs> Drove the number nine car in the Xfinity Series in 2017. Oh, Jason, you're talking about 2017 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion William Byron? You got it. And guess what the 2017 Xfinity Series champion did Sunday in 2021 at Homestead Miami Speedway? Man, he took that checkered flag. And, Jason, do you know who was in the number nine Junior Motorsports Chevrolet the previous year? Or no, the The previous year year was... I don't know who was the previous year. Wasn't Chase. Chase Elliott, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Oh, you idiot. Who was it? Reddick was know. in the next Tyler year. Tyler Reddick, though. I don't know. Another t- alumni yeah. of the number nine junior motorsports car finished second in that race. I don't know Two who was in it in 2016. Guns. I don't know. Maybe they didn't run it in 2016. Oh, they must have, though. Yeah. Maybe they didn't run it in 2016. I don't maybe remember. I'm screwing this up, too. I don't remember. All right. The point of all this confusion <laughs> yeah. is William Byron won, and I don't think we should have been as surprised. He ran well because that race in 2017, he freaking killed the field. And, not killed the field, but like put on a show, put on a really good performance, and won the race. And here's the thing about William Byron, and Chad Knauss said this. Once he gets on a roll and gets comfortable and gains more experience, because he lacks so much experience compared to pretty much every cup driver, given his lack of time in the development series and in just getting up to speed and racing because he didn't start till he was like a teenager or just early before teen years that he's good he's really good you saw him dominate the truck series dominate the expanding series and excel to cup right away and he has not performed that well but i think now that he's getting more comfortable getting in victory lane getting some more confidence he is going to set the world on fire and be a star for the future and today was a really good showing of that 
Well, he said after the radio, like, let's get used. To, we're gonna get used to this winning thing this mm-hmm. year. And you know what I think is so interesting about this? This is the second race in a row where a new driver crew chief pairing has won the race. Oh, um, you know, that's a good stat. I've not heard that yet. And. Yes, and it was Byron and Rudy Fugel this week, and I think it's so interesting when drivers are signed crew chiefs versus when they have a say in who they want to top the box. And I feel like Byron had a say in who he wants mm. on top of the box, and Rudy Fugel working with him with Kyle at Kyle Busch Motorsports, his first season in the Cup Series, I feel like they're going to be a great combination for the rest of the season just because they already know each other they already have victory that's going to be a deadly combo to possibly watch for the rest of the season as well deadly I'll com- add that to the mix deadly combo yeah. that's that's big i wouldn't say deadly. yeah they're going to set the world on fire and make it deadly wow you're using all the cliche terms and comparisons so should we just do that for the sh- rest of the show just use as many cliches as we can yeah i, mean, I hate podcasts that i do feel that, like by the way I feel like if if we're just going to keep the cliches coming, man, like, let's just do it. When it rains, it pours, right? Oh, boy. Now we're referencing song lyrics to (laughs) disaster. You were saying something before we started recording at Martin Truex Jr. had made a comment about why there are so many different competitors up front so far this season. So what was that about? And you know what it is? It's he's uh, Jeff Gluck asked questions like, why do you think Busher was running up front? Yeah. Like, took the lead multiple times. Yeah, I know. And so, like, that's kind of what Gluck's question was about. Yeah, he's from Texas. That's where he you know, from. Yeah. Um, and Truex said something that was interesting. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. I didn't realize it. But he's like, we've had this package marinating for the past couple of years. Not a whole lot of changes. People just know what they're working with. And the good teams, yeah, there's, there's only so much of a box you can work with. The box is so small. These good teams are kind of like they kind of know what it takes to run well. But these smaller teams, now that they've had some time to understand this rules package, have been able to just get better at it. And I don't know if that's necessarily the only answer as to why we had McDowell, Christopher Bell, and William Byron win these races with other guys running up front. But I think that can be a fair reason as to why we've seen RCR get better, um, Roush Fenway get better, and, and some of these names that we weren't necessarily seeing before get there so my whole point is if nascar wants good even competition we don't need to make it so that we're running wide open around the track and it's closer to super speedway style racing let's keep the same package let's find something we like let's take this next gen car really nail it for the 2022 season let's leave it for five years six years and then adjust it with the next generation car or whatever that comes with it because then teams are going to understand it they're going to learn it we're going to have some good competition all right but if it sucks i want them to change it yeah no of course yeah and that's and and you know what that's such a bummer too that we're getting this next gen car now and if that's if truex is right about this we're gonna have to start all over again in 2022. But if that's what it takes, I don't you think know. this aero package at mile and a half tracks is gonna like just because this one race that had some comers and goers, and that's kind of typical of Homestead. I don't think we're gonna see that every single race for the rest of the year. So I don't think that's a sign of what's to come. We need to get rid of this aero package as quick as possible. Like it's gonna yeah. damper the a lot of good racing this year. That could be possible with a different kind of aero package maybe like the extreme series has but we like yeah the i mean series. 
series. You just look at it, for some of these teams for so long, it's been an uphill battle, and now maybe they're on some even playing field. There's two cliches for you right there. Thank you. I'm not doing a cliche thing. <laughs> I decided against it. One thing, I just want this new car, next-gen car to have. I just want cars to wreck and like have get loose and get out of control because we saw so many guys get loose and out of control and not wreck today or spin out. And that was like, yeah. that just takes away from like the drama of a race. Like guys get out of control and crash. Like that's normal. We're not like, it's totally, we're immune from that now because it doesn't happen anymore. Like we just need that back. And that's going to create some more natural drama and excitement in the races. Yeah. Um, I'm just so happy with how we've, I mean, we even had my Snyder, win on the Xfinity Series side, like all these names, who would have guessed that, you know, after three races in both the Cup Series and Xfinity Series, I know Truck hasn't run three races, but like these are the winners that we gotten out of them. Yes. I would never have seen that coming. It'd be better if it was Justin Allgaier, Noah Gregson, Michael Annette, or Josh Berry in the Xfinity Series, but uh, actually I only want those four to win. So if it's not them, screw whoever wins. <laughs> Uh, something that's interesting, and I actually really enjoyed this. So I'm going to be talking with hopefully this week Taylor Moyer, crew chief of the number. No eight way! Car no way! No way! He, I, he was on a podcast. I remember last he year he was on this podcast, and actually, like there are so many things I went back and listened to a majority of it that I wish we covered. So I'm going to try and and dig deeper into some of the things that that I found were interesting afterwards and thinking about it, but. In order to prepare for it, I wanted to listen to their team the whole race. So I literally put my headphones in, I had the TV broadcast on, and I listened to the eight-car radio the entire race. And I had never done that before in terms of, you know, at the races, I would listen, but I would scan. I would jump back and forth between MRN and whatever. But Mm. I listened to their team radio from start to finish, and it was just – it was such a cool way – to listen and watch a race and just to follow a team. And I don't know if people do that normally um, because they're actually fans of drivers. You know me, I like to jump around just to watch the race for being the race. But I wanted to actually dive in and see a race start to finish, follow their progress. It was such a cool way to follow a race. I, I recommend people should do that if they, if they want to try something All right, here's out. the thing. You never really got to experience the going to the race as a fan thing, and that's a very typical, you go to a race, get a scanner, listen to your favorite driver, and crew chief and spotter on the radio, and it's a very enjoyable experience. So I'm glad you're finally yeah. figuring that out, but that is definitely yeah. a thing you missed out on. <laughs> I, I had a feeling... Knows. I had a feeling I wasn't necessarily cracking on something mm. brand new, but I don't know. If anything, this is a plug for you should get yeah. the NASCAR mobile app. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I never, radios. I don't know, maybe, I don't know how long that's been around, but like I only started, this is the first year I ever bought the scanner app. I do if they had a free race just for fun to listen to the spotters and drivers we have on DVC, but I've done it myself this year. And Freddie Kraft, who's a spotter for Bubba Wallace and on DVC, he's just like his radio chatter that I've listened to before is just so entertaining with Bubba or whoever he's spotting for that I'm just listening to them and of course it's not that fun when they're not doing well but like it's just a good enjoyable yeah. chatter to listen to and I'm very interested in seeing how 2311 racing performs so it's I like to keep an eye on that and um but you get a good spotter a funny like clever spotter and a really entertain good personality driver like that's a gold combo and if you have a your favorites all like that then that's awesome to listen to on the radio every week Andrew's just learning that so congratulations 
Yeah, I had a feeling I wasn't necessarily cracking on. So, but every week now, I'm going to try and follow a new cup driver. I was listening to Larson today, um, thinking that they would have a good run. They did, ended up winding up fourth. But I don't know, I think it's just so interesting. And a lot, I literally took notes, and I just want to ask Taylor, and I'll follow up with you guys next week about it, but there's so many things, you know, lingo that just, like, like today in the cup race, Larson was feeling... Like, uh, the splitter was dragging a little bit in the beginning stage, and so Travis Mack, um, no, no, not Travis Mack. Cliff Daniels. Um, Cliff Daniels, sorry. Travis Mack is... Suarez. Who's, who's crew chief? Suarez, yeah. Uh, Cliff Daniels said he was going to add Calls a Packer a to the reporter. left front. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to like, what does a Packer do? Stuff like that. So I was literally, I was doing that the whole time, especially when, it, during the Xfinity race, listening to Taylor, so... I'm going to try and follow up and listen to a bunch of those things and ask him, what does this mean, basically? You had a really enlightening tweet today. I'd like to read it. Dramatically. All right. Larson said... All right, shut up. I know exactly where Larson you're going with Larson says this he's too. freaking loose on exit. Crew Chief Cliff Daniel says he has a plan to fix it. Next stop, tune in next week to see what happens next. <laughs> I can't believe the crew chief has a plan to fix something the driver's complaining about. That is groundbreaking things, enlightening information from reporter Andrew Curland. Yeah. I Do bring the it? real stuff, man. Yeah. You tell it like it is, like exactly like it is. I'm just I'm just saying what people are saying. Mm-hmm. You've also tweeted some gifts from the broadcast this week. What was the reasoning behind that? Well, you that? just l- analyzing my Twitter now? Yes. Scrolling. Also, you stole yeah. Matt Tiff's line saying Holmes says a national treasure. I did? Because you retweeted it. You retweeted his tweet yesterday, and then you tweeted it today. Oh, my God. Wow. I definitely, like, I subconsciously did that. Wow. Thing. You are stealing, and you're also on this podcast while you're stealing content. <laughs> okay, Matt Tiff, I'm genuinely sorry. I forgot about that. That's probably where I got it from. I'll give, I'll give credit to him now. You but- also played poker with yourself. Yeah, you see that? I actually have not watched the video, but you can tell us about it. I'm so sorry. I was busy this week. Oh, my God. My laptop's going to die. You tell the story while I'll get my charger. Yeah, got it. Um, so Jason's gone, but everyone here can listen to it. Um, basically, I'm like, I... All right, watch this. Jason's not going to have his headphones on but as soon as he puts it on. So then I said to him, no, you put your clothes on. We're safe. Laptop is charging. Andrew could have just said anything about me, and we didn't tell him to stop. So I apologize for any misinformation he just spread across the podcast. <laughs> no, I actually, um, I waited for you to come back to tell a story. It was kind of weird telling it to nobody. Okay, ready, go. Yeah, so I had done some of these videos before. Quick version, quick ago. version, real quick. Um, and so basically I wanted to find a way to challenge myself to play poker against three other versions of myself. Cheater. So we wrote a whole script out and Who's we? All four of you? Me and my roommate helped literally direct me. We had a timer going and a whole script and like at thirty seven seconds this character was supposed to do that and he was supposed to point and that's how we did it. Oh, and we lost Jason Schultz, everybody. Disconnected from the Zoom. Computer dead. He thought it was charging. What a shame, everybody. What a shame. So if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you just heard me saying, I need to go get my charger before my laptop dies. Well, guess what happened? Your laptop died. 
So in the magically edited podcast world, we didn't skip a beat, but in our world, we skipped about 10 minutes. But Andrew's microphone battery is going to die anyway, so he's the one that was really unprepared. So it's Hey, hey, hey. Whose technology died first? Well, you weren't prepared either. Answer the either, question. So you're a terrible, Answer you're a the question. Podcast host. How dare you have your microphone almost die? Yeah, yeah. How dare yeah. you make me wait for ten minutes while you? Oh, I gotta get my charger. I gotta download. You Zoom. can wait. Screw you, dude. Wow, you want to fight like this? <laughs> I can't hit you in person. Yeah. Well, you just better. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send a hitman after you. Yeah, you're gonna send a hitman after me on this. Yep. You'll never mm-hmm. find me. All right. Well, let's make some last points. I'll find you. I know exactly where. All right. Got to turn my snap maps on then. Off. Um. Last point I want to make. I made my point about chugging vodka, right? Yeah, you did. With the winners. Okay. Just to make sure. Yes. Maybe I should just do it. Maybe should that be my tradition? <laughs> yeah, you're just in victory lane every week, and everyone watches you. And they know exactly why I'm there. Yeah. Like, it's time <laughs> yeah. To party. Leave him be. He's got to do his thing. Yeah. Yep, it's a weekly thing. We'll make content out of it. <laughs> Dirty Mo Media. Check it out. Um, last point. I tweeted this post-race, but there's literally no post-race coverage. Fox does literally zero yeah. post-race coverage. They or do like 15 minutes coverage. and they're out. Oh, my God. I'm like, the first, right, I was like, Sorry, hey, that was my roommate. He's playing Mario Kart. It's a big it's a big deal right now. Oh, you got to check it out. And Tyler he's actually get, to, standing uh, up. What? Tyler, you might take need his microphone your, uh, with him bleep that one out from the background of my audio or whatever <laughs> wow he's gonna have so much fun editing this. yeah all right there's no post-race coverage the two the first choose rule thing i was like are you kidding me we're not like that's what <laughs> their know. thing was during the all series last year they Seriously. did cover it i'm like are you and, just but yeah, it? underglow got all the rave i'm like what yeah 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 and uh, they had all their stupid cartoon graphics ready for the race today but they couldn't spend 20 minutes after the race talking with different Mm -hmm. winners and analyzing what happened very frustrating nbc does a great job post-race coverage struggles with fox i made the comparison to what inside the nba does after nba on tnt games and it was just quality entertaining coverage of the race they break stuff down or the games they break stuff down they talk about it give good analysis i want that like i'm not watching even if we gotta go back to fs1 for it yeah, yeah, I don't care where. Just put it on somewhere. Even if it's on YouTube, I'd, I'd yeah. find a way to watch it on YouTube. But I don't watch Race Up ever. There's, I don't have any reason to watch Race Up. It's not nearly intriguing enough for me to want to watch it. And I'm going to watch something post-race because I've had the race on. I'm going to keep watching any coverage you provide. But if your reasoning is we're going to have people watch, we're going to talk about it on Race Up during the week, well, that's almost 24 hours after all this has happened. And people are not nearly as inclined to tune back in to watch post-race coverage 24 hours later. We need post-race coverage and to talk about what just happened and analyze it and talk to different people and give us a conclusion to the day versus just being like, yep, this happened, winner victory lane, couple of interviews. You don't even get all the interviews. Like that's what I love the most is like NBC showed, well, we didn't get to them on the main broadcast, but here's what they had to say. And like you go a solid 30 minutes, 45 minutes hearing what all these different guys had to say right after they got into the car, tape delayed, but like still- Yeah. Someone tweeted me and said, post-race coverage is always authentic and kind of like you can see the driver's personalities come out usually in what they say about their day. But pre-race is all generic PR prepared answers. Like there's never anything interesting pre-race. I do enjoy pre-race coverage, but you need just as much post-race coverage. You got to talk about what just happened. Even the ratio. Very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. 
This podcast is brought to you by The Packaging Source. Trust your packaging with the six-time national distributor of the year. Mm. How about that? How about that? Six time. A lot of time. That's more than, well, we said last week is more than five, less than seven, but six is a good number. That's right. It's a good, yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to Las Vegas. Who's excited for another mile and a half race? Yeah, Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. It's hard to excite for Las Vegas. Oh, we didn't mention this. I tweeted this on Saturday too. This just made me think of it because we're going to Phoenix after Las Vegas. But Homestead needs to be the championship race still. Like, oh my god, god I know. this this race weekend was way better than Phoenix ever was in the last twenty. Years. And we go there once. Yeah, God, Homestead needs. Well, to be I was watching so all the radioactives. For some reason, the Xfinity races pre-race coverage was most of the Cup race radioactives throughout the years in Homestead. I don't know why. That makes a lot of sense. But it was freaking awesome. Like all the moments. Homestead has created since 2001 being that championship race. Like, man, it is the best mile and a half out on there. It's one of the best NASCAR yes. tracks we have out there. We go there once a year. They've done a great job hosting it in the past. It feels like championship weekend. Yeah. We need to bring it back. Yeah. It feels naked being at this part of the season. It does. It's it, like it, a naked it's race weird. weekend. It feels like another race, you know? Like, I yeah. was, you know where we're mostly settled in? Is when Fox was doing their like ones to watch, you know, towards the end of the race today. It's like, well, NBC didn't have to do that. There were four guys to watch the whole night. You wouldn't yeah. be doing all this. Yeah, I don't know. It's just Homestead should be a bigger race than what it is right now. It's an equalizer racetrack. It at least needs to be in the playoffs. I thought it was so dumb that they put it in the March, like yeah. early in the season, February, March. It's an equalizer racetrack. It provides the greatest racing of any mile and a half track on the schedule. Way better than Phoenix. And I don't know why NASCAR ever decided to get, like just change it up. I don't think there was any good reason to go to Phoenix. Yeah, I agree. So let's go pick it outside NASCAR's headquarters and tell them to change the championship track back to where it freaking belongs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been so much buzz about it. You would hope that they would listen and do the right thing. All right. Follow me at, on Twitter at HeyJasonSchultz. Follow Andrew at, on Instagram. Andrew Curland at AndrewCurlandTV on Twitter very good and yeah we'll hopefully have things talked about after las vegas next week but we'll see also daylight savings times in two weeks everyone just prepare for it just give me a heads up oh god does that mean except we go for back you three hours yeah that's gonna suck oh yeah that does suck and that is how the story ended we will catch everybody next week the end the end <laughs>